With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to another WTF1 That Time When podcast. We're back once again with my two favourite people in the entire universe. Oh, it's that's a lot Dan of pressure. and Tommy. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure for you to perform in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> How are you both? You good? You ready to talk some F1 strange moments? Always. Yes. yes. Uh, so today, well, actually, first, if anyone has never heard of this That Time When podcast or has only just stumbled upon it, where have you been? You are four episodes behind. Go now. catch up. Go catch up and then come back to here. Okay, now you're back. Back for... <laughs> so uh, basically we talk about strange moments in Formula 1 history, fun, crazy, wacky, whatever you want to call it, right? And today we are talking about the time when Lewis Hamilton threw away the championship in his rookie year. Or was it McLaren? Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Finally, thank you. You should have done wow. dun, dun, dun. He did, he did. He went dun, and then he went dun afterwards when he thought of the Joker, but yeah, it was a bit too delayed. Anyway, let's talk about the 2007 season, which is 12 years ago. Stop lying. 12 years. We just need to talk in an elderly voice. Um, I remember when Hamilton started. I actually do. How old are we? And uh, it was his rookie season, 2007, and he had a rather delightful uh, start to his Formula 1 career, didn't he? Just a bit. He did all right. Yeah. Nine nine podiums in his first nine races, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, it seemed like nothing could go wrong for him in his first season. Um, even to the point where uh, I don't think he got points in the race in the end, but at Nurburgring when he went off and even a tractor came and put him back on the track. Yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> something about that season. It was just getting getting. You were just like, this is meant to be like. Hamilton is going to win this championship. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't go too well. But yes, spoiler as you say, alert. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was the spoiler alert is literally in, in the, the title. title yeah. um, he won his sixth race as well, uh, and four wins so far. When we come up to the well, my favourite track on the calendar, the Chinese Grand Prix. And uh, yeah, it, what what happened on the lead up to that though, Tommy? Well, there was a lot going on. I mean, the race before again going on about like uh, how it seemed inevitable that he was going to win uh you just had the race where hamilton won a wet race in fuji so uh amazingly convincingly like in wet conditions alonso had crashed out as well such and hamilton i fanboy yeah i know because it happened uh, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, uh, i literally remember james allen as hamilton crossed the line he's like he's got one hand on the world title this is incredible and yeah, it didn't happen. Um, How? How? <laughs> uh, well, I guess one of the most controversial things that we need to mention is McLaren. It wasn't easy for them to say they had the best car. Um, you know, they didn't have a straightforward year. Alonso and Hamilton shock were a bit like Senna and Pross, like two big, you know, drive. I guess Hamilton was a rookie, but they they were two very very quick drivers both trying to win the world title and things got very heated especially in Hungarian Grand Prix qualifying when Alonso blocked Hamilton 
That yes. was um, so controversial, yeah, wasn't it? I'm that, sure we'll do a, a podcast on that. That yeah. time when. That time yeah. when. There we go. Uh, Tune in next year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess um, we should go on to Spygate. Yeah, I mean, McLaren had a very good car that year. It was probably equal to the Ferrari or maybe a little bit better. And But there was controversy because the car was alleged to contain information from Ferrari, which they weren't allowed to have. Matib was alleged to be using it. Um, there was an investigation. They were found guilty of having information that they weren't supposed to have. And they were... Naughty, naughty. They were punished a $100 million fine which is colossal and the team was stripped of all their points in the constructors championship so they were not allowed, they were basically disqualified from the constructors but I, I remember about the uh, 100 million dollar fine uh, a book about Bernie Eccleston uh, Max Mosley had a very 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 strong disliking for Ron Dennis and didn't hide it very well and he was actually quoted as saying that five this is I think this was after he left his position I think it was a few years later yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's not the kind of thing you could say whilst in that pos- uh, position as FIA, uh, but he said that five million of it was for the offence, and ninety-five million of it was because Ron Dennis was a twat. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's uh, pretty savage. And he good. and it also he wanted to uh, ban ban McLaren for two years, which Bernie had to talk him out of. Yeah, which would have so, been even more savage. Spygate in a nutshell, eh? Um, but yeah. but, uh, as, but they, as you kind of mentioned about Hamilton, uh, yeah, they could carry on. And also, uh, it seemed like it was going to be Hamilton's year purely because the drivers were still eligible for the title. So they didn't lose any of their points. No. Uh, so they could still carry on, which obviously that would have been heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hamilton and Alonso went into um, China with very much... It, it was looking between those two. Like Kimi Raikkonen was 17 points behind and there was only 20 points left. For those that didn't watch Formula One back then, it was ten, ten yeah, points ten for a win. Ten points for a win. So, realistically, Kimi Raikkonen had to win both races, and everyone else have a nightmare. And and if exactly. you know about F1 history, <laughs> you will know what happened. So, uh, Dan, take take us through a little bit about what happened in the Chinese Grand Prix and and you know how it all unfolded. Well, basically, Hamilton could have clinched the title in the race. Um, he, he, he basically, even if Raikkonen won, all Hamilton had to do was either beat Alonso or finish one position behind them if they were off the podium which you know they weren't going to finish off the podium unless something ridiculous happened so as long as he finished ahead of Alonso Hamilton would be champion basically mm. um, and the race it started basically perfect for Hamilton because he was on pole it was a wet race he'd just shown in Fuji that he knew what he was doing in the wet um, and he led the first led up to the first pit stops came in pitted came out in the lead again um but crucially hamilton and a lot of the other teams as well they left them on the same intermediate tires so instead of changing for a new set they left them on the worn ones because the track was drying but still not dry enough for slicks because it gets rid of the grooves and and helps yeah, with, the, with yeah. the sort of contact patch to the to the ground right yeah um and then this is where it basically sort of started to go wrong for hamilton he his tires were really worn out raikkonen just chomped away at his lead uh he overtook him and then Raikkonen started pulling out again. On one lap, he was seven seconds quicker than yeah. Hamilton. So you'd think he should come into the pits for a new set of tyres, but he didn't. Yeah, I got I, I wrote down here that on lap 28, uh, he lost four seconds to uh, Raikkonen. Uh, then he was five seconds slower, and then I assume like what you were saying about seven, se- seven seconds slower. 
and it was only on lap 30 that you finally came into the pits um and if you watch uh, i'm sure there are some videos out there of uh, hamilton uh, and this moment that we're going to talk about but you can literally see the canvas on hamilton's right rear tire it looks like a uh, you can see the white bit of the yeah. canvas like and it white looks like it, yeah that. and it looks like it's sort of like stuck in the wheel like flapping about yeah um i mean <laughs> it's you know any what you you just think like pit yeah how how did it happen <laughs> it's it it point it, it brings out the question of why did they do that why it was a complete and pointless risk in the end of it end of things you know because i don't really know how the standings were look, not standing sorry how the uh the race was looking at that point if if he had pitted when it started to lose four seconds on kimmy surely I mean, he would have been in the, I mean, the thing that or... it comes down to is he didn't need to win i no. guess he just i guess he went board. for went for glory and you know it bit him hard but they didn't they didn't need that even even with the next race i guess there's the worry that they could have gone into the last race and had a problem and you know it, he would have lost it maybe yeah. he was trying to win the title in that race because it that could have very easily happened he this is the penultimate race by the way not the title decider yeah and he very easily could have won the championship in that race. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy to think that... I, I, I don't know, I just don't... Under, in, in in one side of my mind, I'm like, okay, maybe it was just Hamilton's inexperience and, you know, he's just, as you say, trying to push, win the title in great fashion. You know, Hamilton, the new kid on the block, wins the you know wins in the Chinese Grand Prix, wins the title. But, and then the other side, you think, McLaren, you know, they are one of the top teams in Formula yeah, 1 at the this time. This was the time where they were winning, you know, they were at the top of their game, I guess you'd say. Yeah, and, and you'd expect them just to just pit, just come into you'd the think, pits. You'd think one of them would either go, right, we, we know it's not in the strategy plan, but we need to come in now. Yeah. But they both just stubbornly carried on with the plan. And the telemetry, surely the telemetry would have come up before then that something was going wrong with that tyre. Like, surely it would have started to deflame or whatever the, you want to call it. The thing is, you're... You, you're seven seconds a lap slower. That in itself should tell like you. Like two laps, you're, you're losing a pit. Like two or three laps, you're losing a pit stop anyway. Because had it started, yeah. so it's probably worth it. Had it started to get wetter again, then is that is that no what, no? It was still it was drying, drying out, out, and they thought that out. maybe it would come to them. But think, surely the data would have told them otherwise. Well, I think they were probably trying to push it as far as they could so that they could get by one more fuel stop until the end of the mm. race, rather than coming in early and risk having to make a second stop. But like the point is, it doesn't matter what Raikkonen was doing. He only had to beat Alonso, and Alonso was a little way behind. So even if he pitted earlier, he could have gained time on Alonso that way. So it just, it just doesn't really make sense. This this is just uh, an opinion of mine, but maybe it's a very extreme version of how Formula One teams can often spend too much time looking at a computer than making a rational decision. Yeah, I know. Like famously, when Torosso won the race, it was very much because like Gerhard Berger looked out the window, saw it was raining, and made a wet setup like for the car um whereas everyone else's radar said it was going to be dry like Mm. i feel like sometimes you know you hear hamilton on the radio going you know even even now like what's what's wrong guys like why why did i come in blah blah blah. and it's like surely like that was part of the team radio ban right was because they thought let's get the drivers to actually make a decision rather than spend like the mechanic's just looking on a computer and going, this is the best way to win a race. We have to do it exactly by the book. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting one to think about. And, you know, there are not only sort of uh, quite 
sort of reasonable opinions on it and and, and, ex- and explanations but also there was a few conspiracy theories to to come well, out of this. Well, I think we should say first that it wasn't just he didn't lose the championship because he stayed out too long on old tires. It was that then when he did come into the pits. Yeah. The pit lane was a little bit wetter than the track. Slightly wetter pit lane than you're expecting. No grip on your tyres. Hamilton went around the little kink on the pit entry and beached himself in the world's smallest gravel trap. <laughs> I don't think anyone really knew there was a gravel trap there no, did no. They, no. until no. that moment. Yeah, it was such a like insignificant bit of the track. Like, I, I remember people going like, oh, why was there a gravel trap there? But like, you'd never think a car would go off there apart from Maldonado in like three years time that yeah. managed to do go one better and hit the wall good, good lad pasta. Lord Pasta um, the goat um, but yeah uh, yeah so I guess we should would mention for those who haven't seen it yeah Hamilton did eventually pit came around the corner beached it in the gravel and um, yeah he, and he was he, out of the race he, yeah, yeah this, this yeah. time the recovery no track, track didn't come on to rescue him from the gravel or anything and uh, I remember Ron Dennis, like, um, it cuts to Ron Dennis and he's like, push him, push him, like <laughs> trying to get him out. And it's very cringy. But yeah, uh, I guess that's that was the beginning of the end. That's where things started to go wrong for him and McLaren because Kimi did win the race and Alonso finished second. Yeah, yeah. It basically closed the title fight right up. So there were seven points separating him into the final race. And yeah. It could have been over. Because yeah. how many was he ahead of Alonso going to Brazil? Only a couple, wasn't uh, it? Or two, three, or something? Uh, he was 12 ahead going into China, so he would have been four ahead, four ahead going, going into Brazil. Yeah. So, yeah, it gave us a very exciting last race of the season, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, and then, I guess, before we go on to the conspiracy theories, um, Hamilton had a problem again in Brazil where his car went to neutral. It sort of went into like a shutdown yeah, mode. Yeah, shutdown mode, and he dropped and all the way back to the he? back of the pack and then had to sort of, like, recovery through the field again it's like <laughs> if you're gonna like fix a championship for dramatic purposes you'd have like the championship leader coming through the field to try and get enough points and Hamilton dropped right back to the pack right back to the back of the field and uh you know fought his way through to get into the points but ended up uh just one point off winning the title yeah and same with Alonso he was only one point so he had Kimi won the title and then Alonso and Hamilton were second and third on identical points, just yeah. one point behind. Yeah, <laughs> pretty close title. It's just absolutely crazy to think, isn't it? And yeah. you know, you kind of look at it and you go, Sh- "That cannot be a conspiracy. That cannot be. It must just be a complete coincidence that you know, as you say, there's a wetter pit lane. They McLaren made a mistake leaving uh, Hamilton out, and then the boxer neutrals in Brazil. Like it's bad luck. And yeah, he'd, had, you- he'd had pretty decent luck the whole season, so it's all just caught up at the end of the season is what it looks like sort yeah. of thing. unless Ferrari have uh, you know <laughs> approached McLaren and been like we we found something else just from Spygate <laughs> well, and yeah. well what are the conspiracies yeah what are the conspiracies well basically you know how Hamilton keeps saying oh I'm going to tell all these stories in this book that I'm going to write mm. and we don't know if he yes. actually is going to write it but um, apparently one of the one of the rumours about the end of that season is that the FIA thought it would look bad if McLaren a McLaren driver won the title in a car that was basically illegal. illegal. Yeah. Okay. So told McLaren to throw the championship uh, so as not to make the sport look bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should probably be on record saying we do not believe this. Because, no, like, no, no, not at all. I mean, it's... That's that why they call conspiracy yeah, theories. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. that is a huge... Like, if if that, you know, is ever, like, comes to light, you know, that that is, like, That's, match-fixing, people going yeah. to prison, like... 
yeah, you know what yeah. I mean like that is like huge um but yeah you know conspiracy so that was one of the conspiracy, conspiracy theories, theories which um i highly doubt is true but you know yeah, these, these are I, I do enjoy listening to conspiracy theories yeah, mainly because i'm like they are preposterous yeah yeah um anything else Dan? um well basically what i what i think the reasoning behind it is is because there was a lot of animosity at mclaren between hamilton and alonso and i think a lot of people saw it at the time as the team favoring hamilton but what i believe is that ron was trying to make it fair for both of his drivers and just went too far so I think in that race, if they'd in China, if they'd pitted Hamilton earlier than expected, you know, it might have been like a pre-race thing. Then it would have appeared that oh, they're giving Hamilton the better strategy over Alonso. <coughs> oh, Tommy! Oh dear! So, um, so yeah, I think he was. I think the team was just saying sticking to the strategy because that's what looked the fairest. Am I, am I right in saying that in Brazil, in the final race, or maybe even the last few races, there was? some kind of FIA person yeah, that was yeah. checking to make sure that Alonso wasn't being sabotaged. Yeah, I think the Spanish by, yeah. the Spanish arm of the FIA or something requested that there be an extra steward in the garage to make sure wow. they were getting fair treatment. Unbelievable. I mean, it, yeah, it it got very bitter between Alonso and you know Hamilton that season. Yeah. Like now now they're obviously like yeah, quite they're pally good, and yeah. you had the donuts in Abu Dhabi last year of them celebrating together, but it was unbelievably bitter i mean Al- alonso i mean whether you agree that that was the his downfall that he left mclaren a competitive team to join a midfield team and you know he never won a title again because of that but yeah it got so bad that alonso yeah. was i mean yeah. Al- alonso's performance in those last couple of races was strange because you know how you have this image of him like never giving up and getting the most out of everything but in China and Brazil he was really quite like ordinary he was sort of a distant way behind the lead mm. battle so I think the weirdest thing was Alonso uh I've never seen anyone happy losing the world championship yeah it, but in 2007 Alonso looked genuinely elated that this, Hamilton hadn't got the championship and Kimi Raikkonen had won it even though he himself was only one point off winning the championship yeah he was on the podium smiling like i'm sure he gave interviews saying like i don't want hamilton to win this title and stuff yeah 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 there was a serious animosity it was bitter very bitter it's kind of surprising that you think alonso went back to mclaren in the end you know after all of that i think that just shows it was just a product of circumstance you know i think there was a lot of initial respect and there probably still was respect at the time between them but it was just hamilton was faster than anyone expected the team wasn't equipped to deal with having two drivers who were equally fast mm. Alonso thought he was supposed to be the number one driver Hamilton's a young driver trying to prove himself and it just all blew up and winning the title uh, yeah and, uh, that's a, a conversation you do, that's like potentially this year if Charles and Vettel you know Vettel's obviously the number one driver but if Charles starts winning could that be an, another episode of, of fireworks yeah yeah exactly could that be another episode of that time when ten years time Leclerc blew it in <laughs> Brazil oh god when please, Leclerc please got my heart. stuck in the gravel trap in uh, like no he's not getting stuck anywhere yeah. anyway uh, anyone else anything else anyone else anything else from uh, any more conspiracies about, uh, yeah, any more conspiracies anything to add on Hamilton throwing away the championship I just remember at the time being really happy because I was a big Alonso fan, and I, I just I remember just laughing when I saw him go into the gravel. Wow! Well, you can't call all of us you a WTF one Hamilton, Hamilton fanboys when you've got yeah. Dan here. <laughs> and you, Tommy? Uh, yeah, I, I wrote down as well on the conspiracy theory side a bit. What 
I thought exactly the same thing that I remember Hamilton mentioning in a press conference not too many months ago even saying that you know one day I'm going to write a book about what I really think happened during that yeah there's something's gone on something has happened and or at least something that he suspects one yeah he suspects and one day it's going to be very very interesting when that you know comes out yeah yeah well, we wait to see Hamilton's book. Yeah. That time when Lewis Hamilton released So this book. is part one of this episode. <laughs> Maybe in like 10 years time when that finally happens, we will uh, do part two. So Perfect. All right. Well, we have finished here, I think, for this uh, yep. fifth episode. Yes. Yep. Fifth. Fifth. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Number something. Um, guys, let us know in, in, you know in the comments or whatever there is in Audio Boom slash uh, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, etc. Leave us your ratings, leave us your feedback, send us a message on Twitter, hashtag WTF1 podcast. We read every single one of them, don't we, Tommy? Um, in terms of, you know, if there's anything you want to see changed, any kind of uh, topic ideas, we, we, we very much enjoy um, getting sent those because, you know, we don't we can't think of every every single moment in F1 history. So uh, if you can think of one, send it over and uh, we'll, we'll add it to the pot, which is uh, ever growing, isn't it, chaps? Yeah. Many ideas. Yes. Absolutely loving it. Okay, well, that's it. Thank you so much. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that's what I've got written down because we love reviews and we love five stars as well. So, five star, please. Give us that five star life. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time for another episode of That Time When. Goodbye. 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 Bye. 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 Bye.